You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 42. Hey there, Impact Drivers, Laura Bernard here, the host of the PMO Strategies podcast and chief impact driver at pmostrategies.com. Thank you so much for spending your time here with me today. Today, we are talking about a super important topic, and I'm going to flip the whole thing upside down on you. We're talking about change resistance and why I believe people aren't actually resistant to change. Trust me, I'll show you. You'll believe me once we're done with this episode. And some techniques you can use to help manage change with people and do change with them instead of to them. This podcast episode is sponsored by the PMO Strategies Impact Inner Circle Membership Program, our completely revamped program and experience to help you get just the resources you need when you need them to make a bigger impact in your PMOs, programs, and projects. We've got templates, tools, guidance, playbooks, assessments, training, tons and tons of training, and all in a very easy to access format, no matter where you are. You can take all of your training and guidance and resources with you on the go. This is going to be your go-to place to get everything you need, to manage your PMO and projects. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash membership to find out more. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite topics to talk about and one that I think so many people really get wrong. Frankly, I'm going to turn this whole concept of change resistance upside down and I'm gonna do it in the next minute with some very simple questions. Okay, seriously, people are not resistance to change. They aren't. Don't believe me? Have you met anyone that's gotten married on purpose? How about had kids on purpose? Changed jobs, tried a new hairstyle, remodeled their kitchen, bought new clothes, read a new book, taken a class, rearranged their furniture for the 15th time in their living room? or any of the millions of other large or small changes that people make every day. How many of those have you willingly chosen to do yourself? There you go. People are not actually resistant to change. Yeah, we go through change all of the time. All right, all right, no need to yell. I can hear you saying, sure, but not the people I work with. They are all resistant to change. Or maybe you're saying, this project I'm trying to get done, or the organizational change we're trying to create, or the new system we're trying to put in, or one of a million other reasons why we believe people are resistant to change. I hear you, but just stay with me here. As my awesome business coach and speaking coach, Michael Port says, all generalities are false, even that one. So sure, there are exceptions to every rule, but I'm willing to make a bet that the change itself isn't actually what they are resisting. Come along with me for a few minutes and then let me know what you think. 
either by you leaving a comment on this podcast page on my website, which is pmostrategies.com forward slash 040, or by leaving a comment wherever you found this on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'd love to know what you think after listening and hearing me out about this concept of change resistance, what it's really about and what you can do about it. All right, imagine a scenario where you're trying to take someone's hand and pull them in another direction. Generally, what's their first reaction? It's to pull back. They pull away from you because you are pulling them, of course, in another direction, and they aren't sure that's a direction they really wanna go just yet. But really, that's how many of us are taught to bring people with us through the change process. Convince them, tell them, make them, sell them, etc. How many of the tools provided to people in the project management space are all about telling people what to do? Have you ever thought to yourself, I wish they would just do what they're told? The world would be so much better place if everyone would just do what you told them, wouldn't it? <laughs> I totally feel you. Unfortunately, they don't. Annoying, I know. But there's got to be a better way to getting your programs and projects done without feeling like you're having to fight everyone tooth and nail. And I believe that people are not actually change resistant at all. But what they really do not like is having change done to them. People like to have control, maybe not of others, but surely of themselves. They want to choose their work environment, the people they work with, the work that they do, etc. And they often don't have that much control over those things. But once they've settled into a routine, a safety net of what they have, and you threaten that, the safety of their environment, and take away their control and choice, you're going to have a problem. I speak at conferences all over the country and internationally, and every time I ask the crowd if they think people are resistant to change. And if it's a room full of change agents, aka project managers or PMO leaders, most of the people in the room will raise their hand. And I think that's interesting because people willingly go through change all the time. So why is it that these folks that do change for a living are finding the most resistance? And I think it's because many of them are doing change to people. So you've been charged with creating change and told that you need to get something done. What do you do? You need to do change with them instead of to them. So what does that mean exactly? That means that you go stand next to the people you need to bring with you through the change process and hold their hand, walk beside them, and bring them through the change with you instead of grabbing their hand from behind their back, yanking them in your direction, and saying, you need to go this way. So how do you do that? How do you go on this change journey with people and help them feel like they're a part of the process? Here's a few tips that I use successfully and Frankly, I thread change management and organizational change practices into every single thing I teach, everything I speak about, and it's a constant conversation inside our Impact Engine PMO group coaching program. Because frankly, I think it's the hardest part of what we do. It's the people stuff. But you don't have to get anxious about it and you don't have to get frustrated there is a better way, and here are my top techniques for helping you figure out the best way to bring people with you through this change process. Step one, stop talking and listen. One of the biggest frustrations I have when I hear people talk about the PMO space specifically is 
how you have to sell the value of the PMO. If you have to sell the value of the PMO, you're doing it wrong. No more of trying to convince people of anything. Instead of focusing on all of the reasons why they should believe what you believe, why don't you stop talking and just listen to what they have to say? Listen to their fears, understand their motivations, ask them questions. You may be surprised at what you hear. What do they know about the change you're trying to create that you don't? Have they seen this movie before and it didn't work out when the last guy or gal tried to do this? Do you understand the environment you're working in and how people are going to perceive the change you're trying to create? What do they think needs to get done for this change to be successful? This is where you have an incredible opportunity to partner with the people that you're working with, the stakeholders on your projects or your PMO implementation, and really listen to all of the ways and places that you might hit roadblocks that you're not even aware of or prepared for. This is an incredible way to build your risk register, for example. And we'll talk more about that and incorporating naysayers into your process in step six. Okay, step two, remove the secrecy. So I know for me, I don't like the unknown. I like to know, to understand, and not necessarily have control, but I like to understand what's going on around me. And there's many people that are like that. They don't like the unknown. So ask them what they want to know. The safety for many people like that is in the knowing. So tell them, let them ask questions and answer those questions. Remove the cloak and dagger style of management from your organization. Provide transparency. And this can be done in so many ways. If you're running a PMO, you can provide a way for people to learn about the different projects. And most importantly, not the outputs you're creating, but the outcomes that project will accomplish. You can take what you learned in step one when you stopped talking and listened and play that back to them or use that as a way to understand where the gaps might be and what you might need to explain to them. Or what often happens is that what you take for granted, what you know because you're in the trenches with this project or with this PMO, you might have an opportunity to dispel myths because you stopped and listened to what they had to say and listened to their fears and their concerns. And you found out what's concerning them is actually something that this project isn't going to be addressing. So they might be worried about losing their job. And frankly, the project you're doing has no impact on their job, except to maybe improve their efficiency, for example. So there's things that you can do to remove the mystery associated with the project that you're managing simply by listening to what they have to say and then talking to them about their fears, their concerns, what the project's actually gonna do, and make sure that you keep it very outcome focused because talking to them about a bunch of deliverables or outputs isn't necessarily going to help them understand where this project is going and what it's going to accomplish. Step three, bring them with you. For some, they just want to be a part of it. They want to have a little bit of control over their destiny. They're okay with the world changing as long as they can feel included in the process. So include them. If you're the boss, let them sit in on your strategy meetings, let them take notes, whatever it takes. Just let them be there and see how the magic is happening and understand more about the process that is driving the decisions. You're developing your next set of leaders when you do this. And if you are the lucky project or change leader on a project, remember that 
you are there to facilitate the change through people. Project management is getting things done through others, so you need them. Bring them with you through the project by including them in the process. Let them help you figure out the best way to implement the project, the best way to test what you're trying to implement or be a part of the design or make some recommendations on the best process flow. Include people in the process. Not every single stakeholder in the world so that you have to have an army of people to get anything done, but find some people that are key strategic stakeholders that should really be involved and include them. Remove some of that fear and have them do it with you because then it's their project too and you're going to have a much easier time implementing the changes when they're a part of the solution too. Step four, don't assume they get it. When we understand why something is important and see the value, we assume it's obvious to everyone else. I know you know what I'm talking about. And it's just not. You may have more information than they do because maybe you didn't do number three and then bring them with you through the process. And the value proposition might not be really clearly articulated yet. And it may not be as important to them yet as it is to you. When you're in the trenches, when you're involved, when you know what's going on, when you're in the day to day, you know a lot more about what's happening and can clearly see the value. It's obvious, right? But they may not have that perspective that you have. And when we assume that they get it or that because it's a priority for us, it must be a priority for everybody, we are missing a key opportunity to bring people with us through the process and remove some of that cloak and dagger kind of an environment and create transparency instead. So we want to make sure that we never assume that they get it and that we take the time to walk them through what's happening by doing steps one, two, and three, so that we're sure that they're with us, they understand, and they feel like they're a part of the solution. Because ultimately we do want them to get it. But many times we'll spend so much time focused on the outputs we're creating. And a lot of people can't translate outputs created to outcomes achieved. So just because you understand that these five deliverables or outputs will accomplish a particular outcome, that's probably because you've had the luxury of reading the business case or being a part of the strategy discussions or helping to develop the requirements. Others may not have that perspective or that value proposition. So this is an opportunity for you to educate to help them get it. Remember, we're not selling. We want to find a way to understand their with them and how it connects to them and bring them with us through the process, which is much more about information sharing than selling. Number five, make it matter. Speaking of their with them, unless you make it important to them, they're probably not coming with you. They might tell you they are with you, but actions may suggest otherwise. How do you make it matter to them? How do you make them want to be a part of this project or to care as much as you do? And like I said, you want to give them their with them, their what's in it for me. But in order to do that, you've got to stop talking and listen first. And once you've done that, you'll have a good idea of what matters to them if you've asked the right questions and can find a way to connect the change you are creating to something that does benefit them. Here's an example. Let's say you're implementing a new system or a process and when telling them about the new system and explaining what it's gonna do, you say that it will save the company money and you hear crickets. Instead, 
You might want to explain to them when that new system goes in, they're going to be able to get back to an eight-hour workday instead of the 10 to 12 hours they're working now. Now you're going to have their attention because you made it personal to the person that you were talking to. When talking to Susie, tell her she's not going to have to miss any more of her son's soccer games. Tell John he's going to be able to make it to that cooking class that he really wants to do. Whatever their personal WIFM is, find it, know it, leverage it, and you will now have their attention and support. And before you get concerned that this is somehow manipulative, it's not. You're just doing step one, which is listening to them, hearing them, learning about them, and understanding what they care about, and then helping connect what they care about to what this project is going to create as an outcome. After all, this is just work. And as important as your project is to you, it's just work and not as important as many of the other things that these folks have going on in their lives. Now, what do you do about the naysayer? You know who I'm talking about. There's one for every project. And most people try to avoid the naysayer, the negative Nelly, the person that's just finding all the reasons that your project is going to fail. I love those people because they're the ones that are telling you all of the things that are going to go wrong with your project. You know what I do with those folks? I hand them a whiteboard marker and put them in front of a whiteboard and let them tell me all the things wrong with what we're doing. And then I ask them, what would they do if they had to be the one to fix it? You know what happens? They start giving you solutions to all the different things that might go wrong with your project. Any idea what that sounds like? Hmm, maybe it's your risk register. That's right. Before you know it, they've just helped you build your risk register. And now you're able to say, okay, here's all the things that we weren't even thinking about that could now impact our project. And they gave you a bunch of ideas on ways to solve those problems. And then keep digging, keep engaging, keep working through it with them. Ask more questions. Go back to step one. And you know what happens next? They start owning the solutions. They've given you their input and their ideas. And now the best thing you could do is implement one of their ideas and then another. Go ahead. It won't hurt you. Let them be a part of the solution because then they start owning the solution and now they're a part of that project. They start becoming invested and they are now a part of the future of the change you're trying to create. And definitely give them all the credit because by doing so, you are tying them and their ideas to the project and the change you're trying to create. And now they have a vested interest in making sure that this project is successful. Okay, now that we've talked this through, are you believing me that people are not actually resistant to change? Remember, people go through change all the time, self-inflicted change for better or worse. The best thing you can do is to help connect with them in a meaningful way by not talking, but listening, not selling or convincing but hearing their concerns, their fears, their frustrations, then removing the secrecy so that they can understand what's going on and know what you know. And then you can bring them with you through the process by incorporating their ideas and their inputs and 
make them interested in the outcomes because they feel like they're a part of the solution. But when you do this, make sure that you don't assume that they get it because you've got to make sure that they understand what you do by educating, informing, engaging, and bringing them with us through the process instead of just letting them sit on the sidelines. And then you want to connect it, make it matter to them, connect it to what they care about, connect it to their WIFM, their what's in it for me, so that they want the solution to be real, they want to be invested in the outcomes, and they want it to be successful. And then those naysayers, I say, hug your haters. Make sure that you bring them with you through the process too. Don't avoid them because as I like to say, a stakeholder on your project is anyone that can positively or negatively influence the outcome of your project or thinks they can or believes that they are affected by the outcome of this project for good or for bad. So you've got to make sure you embrace all of your stakeholders and make it matter to all of them, even those naysayers. Okay, I've given you six techniques for rethinking the change resistance concept and flipping it on its head to helping you and your team find better ways to engage people, bring them with you through the change process and do change with them instead of to them. Now go get it done. That's all for today. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And I'd love to know what you think. Definitely leave a comment wherever you found this episode and make sure that you hit subscribe so that you are the first to know when new episodes are live. And I hope you'll leave a rating or review if you love this podcast so that we know we're making a huge impact with all of you. Thank you so much and bye-bye for now.